Crash site would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we create, the Yuggera and Turrbal peoples. We also pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was and always will be Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's land. Here is an art installation piece. We install urinals all across the city. No, but in public spaces. and there's boards there, and people like write like on toilet walls. Yeah, mm. but then some people piss there. Yeah, yeah. But you only get one piss, and then it, that person gets. All it takes is like someone drunk enough or in need. Mm. Enough. Yeah, it, it's a thing. If you need the bathroom, there is nothing Enough. Worse. <laughs> like there is nothing. I, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. One of my darkest days, I was in Italy. Oh, was, no. Okay. And I... Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm there. We're on a weekend trip, a group of us friends. We just sort of like... It was when we were studying abroad in, in Prague and we were like doing a weekend trip and like said, do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, sounds great. And this one night... We're out. We're like, tonight's our night where we're going out. We're, we've had a bunch of drinks. We've been sitting in a park drinking. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun. And we're like, we'll go into the main city bit, get some dinner, and then go from there. Then basically some stuff happened in the group where we all started, ended up splitting up, and there was a bit of tension sort of arising. But, yeah. like, there was three of us that had to be. Like, we just had to. But we couldn't find anywhere to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Two of them ran into this Italian restaurant. And they were like, stop, stop. And they just ran into the bathroom to pee. <laughs> like that. And they were like, you can't pee if you're not buying something. And they're like, I'm sorry. Like, we just have to go. But then I got I got blocked from doing that. And then oh, I got... No. So I I had to go. There's no... There's, for some reason, where we were, there weren't public toilets anywhere. Yeah. And I couldn't find anywhere to pee. And so I had to go down an alleyway. And I had to just like pee, like on the street. Oh no! It was really bad. And then later that night, things escalated, um, to where we all got absolutely plastered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one one of our friends, she was just vomiting on the corner of the street. <laughs> While two of us were like, we have to pee. We and we need to find a bathroom now. Yeah, like yeah, th- yeah. this is not good. We run into an empty car park. There's nowhere to go, and there's people there. So we're like, fuck. So we run into this apartment building because someone leaves the door open, and we're like, surely there's one in here. And we are also we're hammered. So we're just like we're like, and we just get in the elevator, the lift for the elevator. Oh. And like maybe we can get up to a level, right? We get in this elevator. It fits max two people. Like like we are squeezed. It goes up. And then we realize that we can't click any buttons. So we're just at the whim because we don't have a card. So we're at the whim of who else is clicking the thing, right? (laughs) We're stuck in this elevator and we can't get out because no one's clicking anything. And like, it wasn't, it was like a yank thing. Mm. And we were like, we couldn't figure it out. Mm. And then we go up to the top level because someone orders it. And then they're like, and they're, they're like trying to get in the elevator. And then we have to like squish them. Like we squish someone else in and then they get out and we go with them. And then my friend's like, I don't know where to go. And I'm just like, I have to go. So I go running. I go running. I run behind a, like, like a car park. There is a, there is a bush and I'm, and people are walking on the street there and I'm ducked in this bush, being in a bush. 
And then our friend vomited in our Uber and we had to clean it out with our hands. Ooh. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> it was really bad. Oh. It was really bad. And our Uber driver was not happy. No, that would fuck your rating. But it was it wasn't I didn't order it, so that was good. <laughs> didn't I was totally throw fine. To the but I did have to clean out the vomit with my hands and yeah. nothing was good enough for the Uber driver. He was not he was not happy. Yeah, I mean I get that. Imagine being an Uber driver. But he didn't charge us. For the clean. Yeah. That's surprising. Mm. Yeah. So thank you, mysterious Uber driver. That is surprising. Yeah. I don't think that peeing in the bush should be so frowned upon. No. No, I don't have an issue with peeing mm. in the bush. I just felt the embarrassment <laughs> that comes from like if it's a bush bush go for it you know we've all been yeah. camping we've yeah. been peed in a bush but if it's a street bush yeah you know it's like yeah it's probably not good <laughs> uh, been there they're it's yeah. okay <laughs> they you know like you live and you learn yeah. there's also it's like it's like one of those things that's like one of the other negative sides of drinking yeah it's just happened yeah. to it always happens when you're drinking yeah. i had a friend we we were drinking at someone's house and then we went for a walk. And then, so then you're in suburbia and there are no public toilets in suburbia, <laughs> right? So then we're like trying to figure out how to get back to the house that we'd come from where the party was and we couldn't figure it out. We've been walking around and she was just like, I'm giving up. And she just <laughs> peed in someone's front yard. Yeah. You know, and the lights were still on the house. Oh, and I at least. Like, they totally, they can totally see us. I like peeing in my front yard every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Why On not? a Monday night. Yeah, he has to wait till I fall asleep. Because I yell at him. Yeah. <laughs> he catches no me. Yeah, if Zane bush. gets caught, he has to give me a hundred bucks. But if he doesn't get caught, he doesn't have to pay I anything. run around with my pants around my ankles. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a fun it's a fun thing. I when I when I went camping last weekend. Yeah. So I got because I got away, I was like, I'm going away, I'm doing a little solo trip. Had this whole place to myself. Yeah. And I went for a nice little swim, and in the morning I was like, kind of having a swim, and I was like rushing to put my clothes on, and I was like, wait, I can just be naked. Yeah. No one cares. And the the feeling of liberation, oh, yeah. of of recognizing that you don't have to wear the the facade that is clothing, mm. and that you can be your natural body in a natural environment, yeah. it was quite freeing. I I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. It's a great experience. Mm. Speaking about freedom, well, the opposite of freedom is struggle. Smallest <laughs> <laughs> takeaway. Yeah, and and that's actually the topic of today's podcast. today's podcast. Mm. So welcome back to the Crash Creative Podcast. This is episode twenty six. Twenty six. We've been doing this for twenty six weeks. Wow. Yeah, true. Which is which is a long time. That's wait. Is that half? That's half a year. Year. Six months exactly. Six months. This oh is my our gosh. six months podcast. Six months ago, we drank beers and we burped uncontrollably. <laughs> yeah. And it's still online. And it's yeah. still online. So if you haven't if you haven't gone back to the OGs, if oh, you want to be an OG back. fan, go just back and listen to back. us figure out how to do this. We've come a long way. We're actually now, we've got a better setup in here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've played around with a lot of different setups, but we're now here with our, our table. Yep. We have a structure. Yep. We're not sitting on... Um, on milk crates. Milk crates. Um, and we're here and we're talking about an article that we've all read um, by Mark Manson. It's on his website and it's called The Most Important Question of Your Life. Mm. I absolutely love this article. I actually chucked it into our Discord community. Shameless plug. If you're not a part of our Discord community, jump on that. But today what we're going to be talking about is this article and the repercussions of it. So if you're interested 
in thinking about your life in a new way, thinking about how questions impact your life and how you can ask better questions, this episode is all about that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to tie it a little bit into our creative journeys and also what we've been thinking about in the world of Web3, NFTs, creativity in a new world. So to start us off, what did you think of the article? Just from a broad sense, what were the things that stood out to you? I was not expecting the question. And I think the part of this article is that it the question is unexpected and something that Mark is trying to put across in that we always focus on the pleasurable side of life, whereas mm. it's actually more liberating to be able to focus on pain. I think that distinction, which is something that comes up a lot in Tony Robbins' books as well, is like we're either driven by one of these two mm. um, feelings or emotions. I don't know what the best word is to describe Forces. It. Yeah. yeah. It's pleasure and pain. It's yeah. a great, great song. There's a fine line between pleasure and pain. Just wanted to throw that one in there. Um, but, <laughs> yes, that stood out for me. And something, I guess, that really did stand out again was this idea of empowerment through struggle. Mm. And to be able to use or utilize this, you know, this sort of Buddhism ideology of life is dukkha or the English translation, which is maybe losing a bit of the reasoning Mm. of suffering and how we can use suffering. Mm. Mm. I think just to also provide context there, the, where the question comes down to. So Mark mm. um, sets it up and he goes, the most, most important question of your life is what pain do you want in your life and what are you willing to struggle for? Mm. So that's really the context we're coming, coming from yeah. this at. And it's fundamentally, you know, to sort of piggyback off that, it's this idea that we spend a lot of our lives and I think we're kind of taught of like, what are the good things you want in your life? And I think that is helpful to an extent but it's actually not practical or realistic mm. because the reality of life, you know, if we do take the sort of, I, I think it is a bit of a butchered translation of this Buddhist idea of that life is, mm. is suffering. I think that I've read a couple of other versions of the translation mm. that I think provide a little more context. But if we do look at this idea of struggle, what, what happens when you actually go, what am I willing to struggle for? you start to understand the relationship that pleasure oftentimes is the result of having to deal with difficult or painful things. Mm. It is in the overcoming of struggle that we get a lot of this, these feelings of fulfillment, you know, mm. and, and these pleasurable sensations. Mm. I also feel like it's really, it's also talking about the fact that if you can narrow down what you're willing to struggle for, then you're more likely to know exactly what you want whereas if you just focus on the pleasurable outcomes of something or like a positive goal then you're you're kind of you end up lying to yourself a lot of the time about whether you do everything for that whereas if you're already willing to say look i know this is going to be hard and i know that i'm going to have to put a lot of things on hold in my life to achieve this thing then you're weighing up the you're weighing up the risks and the hardships first instead of kind of putting it towards the back and being like, oh, I really want to do this fun, cool thing. And then hoping Mm. that you'll eventually look at those hard parts closely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because the struggle 
is going to be inevitable in each endeavor exactly in a human experience so mm. it's setting realistic goals and asking yourself the questions you might not have been previously asking yourself mm. which relates to the power of questions and focusing on pain as a driving force to enjoy and relinquish through that process in the direction of something and it demands a certain level of honesty Mm-hmm. You know, it demands you to be honest and say, yes, I'm willing to have all of these shitty things to achieve this thing mm-hmm. instead of, yeah. Well, also, I think it's also probably challenging this idea of things are just good or just pleasurable and things are just painful, mm-hmm. right? That they actually aren't mutually exclusive and that oftentimes things that are worth doing require difficulty, require mm-hmm. struggle. You know, it is in the pursuit of things that are worth doing is the struggle. Mm. You know, it's like this whole sort of mm. like going back to this maxim of the of the hero's journey. Mm. You know, every hero's journey starts off and you've got a vision for what this end goal is. I'm seeking fulfillment. I'm seeking, you know, a purpose in my life, creative fulfillment, um, sustainability. But that requires hard work. It requires you know, working every day towards something, honing your craft, learning, trying things out, realizing they don't work. Mm. Everything revolves around a process to get you somewhere. And and I think it comes down to that idea too of, of you know, hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. Mm. Um, and I really think as like a mantra for living that's really important is that if you are making the hard choices now, if you are actually sitting going and going, all right, what am I willing to suffer for? Mm. What am I willing to do? Mm-hmm. And understanding that it's going to require a lot of me, that I'm going to have to sacrifice mm. because everything worth doing requires sacrifice. Yeah. I'm going to make those hard decisions now so that my life is easier in the long run because I'm actually doing what I'm willing to suffer for mm. rather than just suffering and then recognizing, well, I've just suffered and I'm actually not where I want to be mm. because... You know, or I've or I've tried to avoid suffering so much that I'm actually not getting any of the pleasures of life. Yes, which yeah. is so you know I think that is such a norm in our society, and it's why yeah. midlife crisis is there, why the divorce rate is so high, mm. is because we're actually not dealing with the hard things as they come up. We're trying to put them off and 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 skirt around them. Mm. I feel like almost like society as well will feed us wants. Or like typical wants and then it's easy to want those things as well. When really you should be like taking moments to like reflect deep down on what truly you do want Mm. for yourself Mm. in life. Mm. Mm. So then bringing that back to a daily practice point of view, as we often talk about, (laughs) um, how would how do you guys bring this idea from mark's article into a daily practice routine how do you actually decipher what you're willing to struggle for and plan it out mm-hmm. do you guys have any like methods well i'd say there's probably two ways that i think you go about interpreting this information and applying it to your life um i think the first like broader scale is around the questions you ask mm-hmm. So, and we were talking about Tony Robbins yep. before. Zane and I actually both happen to be reading the same book of his, but he has like a lot of, you know, resources out there. And I think, you know, depends how you sort of feel about him, but I think there's a lot of value in this idea is that the questions that you ask determine the quality of your life. 
Um, so I think that's let's level one, and I'm sure we can delve a yep. little bit deeper in yep. that. But then the other level two is then if you are asking yourself the question mm. of what am I willing to struggle for, it is actually finding time for yourself to sit and think mm. about these questions. Mm. It's planning these questions in your head, um, going for a walk, doing exercise, doing like giving yourself, gifting yourself time to truly think and brainstorm on these ideas yeah. and go, okay, what do I, what do I envision for myself? Mm. You know, I think all great things in the world, all great lo- lives that people live, all great innovations and inventions and creative projects start with a vision of the future. Mm. And I think as individuals, we have to sit down and go, all right, what is my vision for the future? I might not have every pristine detail, but I've at least got a compass that's showing me that direction. Mm. Mm. And if you start there, you then need to go, all right, what's required of me to get there? Mm. Um, and I think in the article, you know, um, Mark Manson uses the example of wanting to be a rock star as a kid. Yeah. Right? And you go, okay, so if that's the end point, that's my vision for the future, I want to be a rock star. Well, what's required of me? Well, I need to be learning instruments and working on my, my singing and my music abilities every single day. Mm. Mm. Am I willing to do that? Mm. And you've got to ask yourself, honestly, am I willing to do that? And you can test it. You know, you can go, all right, the next four weeks, I'm going to do it every day. Mm. And if you, at the end of four weeks, you've done it every day and you can't stop and you're playing it late at night, then, you know, and until people are telling you to stop, then yeah. maybe <laughs> music's for you and you're willing to do, do the hard stuff. Yeah. But if you get to four weeks and it's like, well, I've only done it four times, maybe that's, you're not willing to do the, maybe it is more suffering than pleasure in the yeah. process. I think on a more practical level as well, if, but what I've found beneficial lately with doing creative practice or processes, it doesn't even have to be limited to creativity, but this idea of it's non-negotiable, it's a, it's a thing that is part of my personality, this is what I identify with, rather than setting goals that are unrealistic. If you're being true to yourself, I feel like that naturally you'll start to do things on a daily level. And that's the creative practice and the process where you're allowing yourself time, giving yourself time to process mm. thoughts. I find, you know, just writing music, you know, it's all sort of flowing out. And it doesn't even have to be in a traditional sense or form. It could just be pen to paper or picking up an instrument. But that's that's very musically oriented. Mm. Um, yeah, we were talking about the focus and how questions empower you. So maybe the questions you should be asking yeah, is linking back to the Mark Manson article, what process am I willing to do or struggle for that is true to me as well? Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, off of that, it's like we talk about this idea that everyone, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, has mm. a unique gift that they bring to the world, yep. right? You know, if we are the universe experiencing itself, mm. we are significant in the fact that we are the only version of us that is that universe experience in itself. Mm. The you is unique and it is important. So what do you have to bring? What are you uniquely willing to suffer at? Mm. Because you are on the pursuit of becoming great. You know, greatness occurs over time. Mm. It requires a consistent commitment. All the greatest people in the world, you know, you look at people, you know, who, who, you know, we sort of call the goats of all time. You know, you're looking at like Michael Jordan, right? (laughs) We're looking at someone who like, if you've, if you've seen the last dance, you kind of know how intense he was Mm. of like 
every day he's out there, he's practicing. Mm. He's the first one there at training and he's the last one to leave. Mm. You know, it is that commitment, yeah. that that ferocity of, of willingness to suffer and struggle to get to be the best that he possibly can. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's that competition against yourself and also having the ability to block out what other people's opinions are as well because mark kind of goes into that in the article uh, in the article as well right it's the fact that if your greatness is based off of other people's greatness you're never gonna you're never gonna reach fulfillment or realistically reach success because that mark is constantly being moved forward in ways that are out of your control. Yeah. Whereas your own PBs or your own goals that you set yourself, you control those Mm. and you can reach them or you can exceed them at your own pace. And eventually that's what leads to greatness, not basing everything off of how the rest of the industry is going or how your direct competitor is going or, you know? I I think off that, it summarizes this article down into, I think if we're talking about like a foundational principle, Mm. right? Is that your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship in your life. Mm. You have to, I think Mm. as creators, as artists, as people that want to have an impact and live Mm. a fulfilling life, step one is you have to be willing to delve into yourself. Mm. It's investing yeah. in yourself. Investing in yourself, investing in the questions that you you know yeah. that you want to ask yourself. Okay, yeah. you have to sit down and go, all right, what in my past, what have I really enjoyed doing? Mm. You know, what has felt like not like work for mm. me? You know, and there's usually a couple of things. So you might not know the exact one. You go, okay, what if I do a little bit more of those things and I can start to test? Or if I haven't found it, maybe I need to go, what do I need to try? to figure out what I actually like. Yeah. Do I need to go try a couple of different jobs? Do I need to try a, cu- a couple of different hobbies and mm. join some social mm. groups to test things out? Mm. But you've got to have a have an ability to build that relationship with yourself where you can ask questions and then work to answer them, mm. work to pursue them. Mm. Um, there's a certain foundational level that's yeah. needed there. Mm. But if you start at that point, I think that is where this growth and this pursuit of long-term pleasure mm. over short-term pleasure yeah. comes from I, it can be as easy as asking yourself one question every day you know mm. and i i use these morning empowerment or morning power questions yeah, and nice. evening power questions that tony robbins outlines in awaken the giant within and the morning power questions are things like what am i grateful for what about this makes me feel grateful how does this make me feel and there are 10 of them excitement happiness pride and then there's evening power questions as well, which are, how have I given today? Who do I love? Who loves me? And how can I use today to invest in myself? And what have I learned today? Mm. I think even just like, I think they're great tools. And I don't get through all of them every day, but at least once a day, I'll just think or have a moment to write about one of them. Mm. Mm. And inevitably, you, you'll end up doing more work from just starting. Mm. Uh, and, and every day it's different. And it surprises me that there are so many things that, or if you're not feeling what I am excited about, you can say, what could I be excited about? Mm. And a slight change in what you're asking yourself. There are also questions that, linking to struggles being inevitable, five problem-solving questions, if you don't mind. Mm. What is great about this problem? 
what is not perfect yet? What am I willing to do to make it the way I want? What am I willing to no longer do to make it the way I want? And how can I enjoy the process while I do what is necessary to make it the way I want? Mm. I mean, what an awesome foundation, right? Is if you do, because we inevitably, it doesn't matter what you're going to do, you are going to come across problems, whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in, you know, your career, financial, spiritual, all of these things, emotional, Mm. right? Mm. You're going to come across problems. And I think there's that first thing of like, all right, what can I be grateful for in this problem? Mm -hmm. Naturally, every problem is going to encapsulate lessons, things that you're going to learn. And if you were developing this relationship with yourself where you overcome problems, you live every day, just like Zane's doing, where you're questioning yourself and you're actually checking in, you're analyzing yourself. That's Mm -hmm. how you build a relationship with yourself is you find ways to check in, analyze, reflect, Mm -hmm. right? As you're doing that, then you start to grow. You start to learn as you do these problems. But the function here of these ideas of what am I willing to do to make this work and what am I not willing to do, Mm. right? That is so foundational Mm. because there's so many times we do things and and then we complain about them. But it's like, like, no, you're working to overcome a problem for this long-term pursuit of being better, of overcoming things. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to do it, you choose. Mm. Like we actually have more agency in this than we think, I think, a lot of the times. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think society tells us that we need to do it the way it's always been done or we need to respond to situations how everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's your unique person having a unique experience. How do you want to solve this problem and how are you willing to solve this problem? Yes. And then shifting that focus onto the questions that you're asking yourself every day is actually just pushing aside, taking up that space for room where questions might naturally happen and that could be from society pressure right things like oh i don't want to go to work in the morning you know the first thing changing that to oh what am i happy about now first thing you immediately like boosting or from my experience personally it is just an unbelievable elated feeling waking up not worrying about anything except checking it Mm. yeah Yeah. taking the time it's so important it's Mm. so important if, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm thinking of maybe taking this a little bit broader out of that when we are looking at problems. And one thing we've been talking a lot about this week and, and over the past couple of weeks um, has been the problems that we're foreseeing in the arts industry. Yes. And the way that the art industry operates and how a lot of the time we are having to abide by infrastructure that's pre-established. We need to rely on government funding. Mm. We need to rely on um, certain aesthetics or certain sort of idols in an industry and how an industry operates. Mm. And we're defined by these very centralized structures. But we're now opening up into this world and of, of Web3, mm-hmm. of blockchain technology, of non-fungible tokens, NFTs, of decentralized infrastructure that can empower and support new creativity, new creative mediums, new ways for communities to get behind artists and creatives. So there is opportunity that is starting to open up to solve some of these, these fundamental problems. Tied in those problems is the mm-hmm. starving artist myth. Yeah, yeah. You know, is this idea of having to struggle and suffer and that that is your role as an artist, which is totally just false. And also the idea that that's what produces the best yeah. art. Yeah. That's what produces the most informed or um, insightful art because it's born out of the struggle, mm. which is bullshit. 
Yeah. But it also is. acknowledging that struggle is inherent to a process mm. and mm. that you can also shift the weight of what that means to benefit the solution. Mm. Yeah. So the empowering question there, right, if we are yeah. tying all this together, is, is once again, how am I willing to struggle? Mm. I'm going to choose how I struggle here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to struggle in the sense of I'm going to let all of my personal relationships fall away while I become completely focused on one thing. Right? Because that, to me, that's not balanced and that's not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Some people, maybe that is how they want to struggle. It's totally down to you know? values. Yeah. Where yeah. your strongest values are mm. as a person. But, yeah. But maybe I'm willing to struggle by being the hardest worker in every room that I walk into. Mm. And I'm willing to stay late, get up early. I'm willing to, you know, invest in myself, mm-hmm. spend financial capital mm. on my personal development, find mentors, find mm. community around me to do that. I'm willing to struggle and do the hard things to get there. Bringing in this idea of, of what we're seeing as, as a problem and how we overcome it, what over the past sort of week has been exciting you in terms of your struggles and our struggles as a collective to overcoming these problems we see in the world? Can I kick off? And this is when I was hanging the washing. Uh, I had a revelation. <laughs> so... I washing think... revelations. Yeah. 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 And then the intro sequence is like the washing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, pretty, it's like you inside of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yes. Anyway, anyway. So the inherent struggle of royalties as a musician, mm. right? For example, in Australia, there is a body called APRA AMCOS. They do, they're doing great things in the very centralized structure that Australia exists in and the music industry exists in, in that they are a body set up to give artists royalties for when their music is being played unbeknownst to the artist, mm. such as in radio, in, uh, on radio, in bars, at events, etc., etc., using for ads overseas, whatever. The percentage is so small and at the end of a year you have to do a report. There's a lot of process there that is a struggle but is worth it mm. if you're going down that route. But then the thing that excites me and why I believe in Web3 and in non-fungible tokens in the realm of music is that the whole blockchain network that it is set up upon, the first thing you'll know is that you get to choose the percentage of royalties you get from when that is being passed on, Mm. right? So this whole idea of royalty is actually getting back to the artist from the get-go. Yeah. And in my eyes, this could be contentious, but that if you release it via a platform that is powered with people, it eliminates any need to go through another body. Mm. Though it's probably best to do both. Mm. Don't take my advice. (laughs) But just the fact that this blockchain technology and minting everything and being traceable and giving proper royalty to artists is what excites me. Mm. And and for anyone who hasn't come across this before, we're mm. going to start to release a little bit more content around um, onboarding into, into Web3 and how artists can operate. But I think fundamentally what happens is when you are working with an NFT, once again, a non-fungible token, you are creating something on the blockchain. You're storing um, some kind of object on the blockchain and there is code underneath it Mm -hmm. that basically can define future royalties. Mm -hmm. So every time that that is sold or transferred, that royalties are sent back to the originator of that work, the artist. Mm -hmm. So what that means too, is if you're you're an emerging artist and you release a bunch of work for free or low cost, 
but you have that royalties inbuilt, if you then all of a sudden become really successful and you build your career and you have a strong community behind mm -hmm. you, the value of those artifacts that people have purchased off you is going to go up. Mm -hmm. But as the demand as the demand increases, increases yeah. right? But in the past, especially in the arts industry, mm -hmm. all of the upside is to the collectors, mm. right? So the collectors get all the money. You know, mm -hmm. um, all of those sort of paintings that we see selling for millions and millions of dollars, most of that, all of that money is going to the collector who owns the work of art. Yeah. But now these royalties are built in, so the artists are going to be constantly getting the royalties every time they're sold. Yeah. That revolutionizes the art industry, mm -hmm. the music industry, the way we relate to and connect with creators. Mm. That, in my opinion, mm. is a solution worth suffering for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because it's also so confusing. Yeah. It's hard to figure out how it operates. Like that's where the suffering is. Yeah. yeah. You have to be on learning, talking, and figuring stuff out. And it's also changing all the time. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, like as the, because mm. the technology is, um, it's, it's just evolving infinitely. Right. Yeah. And there's every day there's, someone working towards an even better version of the solution. So the struggle is probably committing to the idea of the technological revolution, not so much as like just committed. Like, of course you can find a certain program or a certain token or whatever that you really believe in. Mm -hmm. But I think if you attach yourself more to the idea or the belief systems that's behind everything to do with Web3, then that'll help with your longevity mm -hmm. of wanting to suffer through the success of this revolution, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, also for the first time you are building a community as you go what web3 is so much about is these decentralized communities so mm -hmm. there is value in in curating a community building a community around you and sharing your vision for the future right that is actually becoming inherent mm -hmm. to what we're doing because people want to see roadmaps they want to see yeah. what you're envisioning and how you're going to add value mm -hmm. because that makes you worth investing in mm -hmm. right and so i think in a lot of ways that shifts the power structure mm. from these institutions, from these government bodies that issue funding and from these sort of like select few tastemakers. And it brings it back down to the individuals and artists. Mm. They have a lot more power now to actually make those decisions. Mm. And so what that does mean is there is a new struggle because the script isn't written for you. You can't follow an avenue in this world. You've got to make that avenue. And that is daunting. It is mm -hmm. anxiety inducing. It is another thing on the artist's plate, but it is empowering. Mm. So in pursuing that struggle, we as creators can define a path for ourselves. Yeah. We can create work that doesn't fit the natural confines. Mm -hmm. You know, if, and I know I'm jumping on it a little bit of a tangent here, <laughs> but, but the biggest thing I, I think about when I think about the future of NFTs and Web3 is fundamentally around theatre. So I, I, I know we've talked a bit about theatre on this podcast, yeah. but theatre is my favourite thing in the world. I yeah. love it. I absolutely love it to bits. When I first came across it and I started training in it and learning about what theatre does, how it impacts communities, how it, you know, the live experience and the experience of seeing live performance is there is nothing else in the world like it. Mm -hmm. I love movies, but I love theatre more. The sensation of watching someone perform, the sensation of creating a theatre piece and connecting with people on such a deep human level mm -hmm. is 
is so powerful and it's my favorite thing, but I am not willing to struggle the way that the current theater industry operates. Mm. And I've had to come to terms with that. I'm not willing to commit to overworking, putting my body and my soul on the line for the artwork, Mm. but with diminishing returns. Mm. You know, I'm now producing theater festivals and I'm hearing reports of people just accepting that they're going to lose three and a half thousand or more dollars on, on a project. And they are small scale projects that have had to have been scaled down to fit, to be realizable. Mm -hmm. And that is not sustainable. And I'm not willing to suffer in that, in that pursuit. Because also what's happening is then funding is getting distributed to a very limited aesthetic. Mm. A very limited um, set of institutions are getting all the funding and they're defining what theatre is, what good theatre is. Mm. And I'm also not willing to struggle for that Mm. because a lot of the work I'm interested in is highly experimental, (laughs) surreal, absurd, genre bending, Mm. interdisciplinary work. Mm. And so for the first time, I'm looking at what's possible here and I'm going for the first time, independent theatre artists can start to pave their own way. They can actually embed NFTs and Web3 technology into their theatre works, make it accessible to more people, mm. allow people to invest in projects at an early stage and have clear stakes in the project. Because if the project does well, the NFTs they've purchased will be worth more. Mm. So the collectors have an incentive to help support the creative project reach fruition and continue to evolve. And for the first time, it really feels like there is a new possibility to make theatre access, more accessible, mm. but also more important to the culture and the community that it's a part of. And it doesn't have to rely on these large-scale institutions and mm. key stake stakeholders and tastemakers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can I acknowledge that maybe also one of the inherent struggles of Web3 is this idea that it is daunting Mm. because there is a lot of information but i think that that is played into by people or interests that are centralized wanting you to stay within their system i don't know what exactly i'm trying to say i've lost my train of thought um if I think I understand where you're going with yeah. this, I don't want to jump in. Yeah, yeah, no, please do. So tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we've spent a lot of time, especially when we're using um, when we're using systems on the internet to display work or share work, we've spent the last few years especially being spoon-fed easier and easier and easier and easier and more templated Mm. and more structured and you want all of your stories to look like this or you want your website to be laid out like this here's your five themes use those and then now web threes come along and it's like oh you can do anything like just literally if you know how to but like if just watch a few youtube videos and then just build whatever you want right it's not as hard as some centralized companies and structures would want you to think that it is because it's easier for them to take their small cut of your watered down version of whatever you're making than for you to just learn like the five building blocks that let you create anything that you want Mm. 
And that is what's going to shake things up for them because we, we all have the power to build whatever we want and we're kind of being told mm -hmm. that you have to have this really high level of expertise, but you don't. Yeah, it's the access. Mm. It's, it's actually more accessible. Mm. You just need to put in a bit of hard yards to understand that. And honestly, you're putting in that same level of struggle trying to work with these templated systems. Mm. Like if you think mm. about the amount of times that these large companies have completely changed formats on you and you've had to relearn their new structures, you could have just built your own mm. with the same amount of energy. And you have ownership over it. Mm. For the first time, the creators can have ownership over the work that they create. Mm. And that's what's exciting. And, the, and, the, and fundamentally, it's also daunting because it is a new thing. Yeah. Right? There are risks. You know, there are a lot of scams happening. There are a lot of people that are in it just for the money because it's early technology. Mm. Yeah. But the technology is evolving. There is new money in here. There are new, like, creators that are coming on board and changing the way that we interact with this new interface. Mm. So it is, it is going to get easier and easier. Mm. But the benefits of getting on it now are that you can start to build the infrastructure that best serves you and you can be early in this space. Mm. You know, it's like this, a lot of people are talking mm. that this is like the web, you know, the web revolution, the dot-com sort of revolution of the early 2000s mm. where all of a sudden internet is accessible. Mm. Like there are new opportunities here, financially, creatively, career-wise. Mm. Anything is possible, that is daunting. But by committing to being a part of it, committing yourself to learning if you're willing to choose that level of suffering yeah, to learning yeah, things yeah, yeah. and being intimidated <laughs> i mean we've had multiple times where like we've caught up for a meeting and i've i've just said look my brain is <laughs> exploding i've been in front of my computer for like eight hours and i've yeah. my brain hurts yeah, yeah. but i'm willing to do that suffering because i believe in it because yeah. because fundamentally i truly believe that this is the future of creativity it is putting power back into the artist's hands mm. and that together we can create something truly remarkable. Yes. And I think that's why also Crash is so committed to this and why this we... our struggle. Yeah, that is our struggle. And our struggle too... Struggle. <laughs> our struggle too is to try and build infrastructure to make it easier for more people to get involved. And yeah. so that's what we're really investing into. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. I think there's a lot of stuff that we already are saying that might be hard to digest mm. for a listener and that's why i would also extend the invite to the discord again because of the chance to have direct conversations and chats at this point also because our community we're at a very early stage of it as well um and then that that sort of direct feedback that we were talking about earlier uh, is really valuable and is going to help us learn too mm. uh, and we also will have resources to better understand jargon and how things operate that we'll be consuming all this information and then giving our two cents or our perspective on it on how we understand and what we believe in etc mm. etc et mm. yeah we i mean the other thing is like we are still learning in this space too like mm. we definitely like one thing only i know i know absolutely nothing yeah. you know like we are we are at the early stages and we want people to come on board in these early stages with us to learn alongside us we're yeah. trying to build i guess like the streamlining of information yeah. so that it's easier but so that we can all learn and grow together yeah. and we can chat and we can talk and we can build you know, more spaces to serve this community so mm -hmm. that we can all move together. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
and the beauty of the process of it all, I think that's something that has come up a lot today yeah. and in the past, is is this idea that we are trying to document the process too as a resource to learn from. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we want you to be part of that process. Yeah. So I know I know we're pushing it. I know at the moment we're having these conversations and we've flagged Discord like fourteen times. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, we keep yeah. talking about this vision we have. But it's because we're so excited. Um, mm. And if you enjoy the podcast and you want to support us and you want to be a part of this kind of thing, you know, I think we're so keen because we we believe it can help creatives like you and mm-hmm. we believe it can help creators like us. Mm. So yes. let's do something extraordinary together. Let's do it. Totally. And in you know, with that being said, I think we'll see you next week yep. for another punchy, exciting episode. Um, thanks for lending us your ears. Thanks for, thanks for being a part of our audio experience. On today's audio experience, can I just acknowledge there was about 10 minutes in the middle there where I could hear drills and dogs and the Cross River Rail. It was... So I do apologise. I think that that mid-mark is going to be a little bit... I'll do my best to, to, to get that out, but... We've, we've oh, had baby. some external noises and oh, things yeah, out of our control, but that's the suffering we're willing to go through. We hope you'll join us yeah. in this suffering as we try and um, make something better. <laughs> constantly, constantly improving. Thank you.